Hey, how are you? Welcome back to Barely About Music. I'm Kevy. You already knew that. If you didn't, what are you doing here? Um, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of uh, I'm in a bit of a somber mood. I'll admit. Um, I found out yesterday a friend of mine who took my old band on our first tour. His name's Sam Mir, and he was he was in a band called Test Icicles. And uh, go ahead, figure out that pun now. And uh, he passed away yesterday, and um, they haven't figured out what caused it or um, or what happened. But I kind of think I know what happened. But uh, man, I've just been thinking about it so much. Um, his he's um, and people always say this kind of thing about someone when they die. But he was like impossibly talented and brilliant and uh, a really good guy. Um, but I know he was really struggling with depression and, and things when I knew him. We kind of, I hadn't really talked to him in like maybe a year and a half. Um, he was born in Australia and then moved to England when he was pretty young. And then I met him there and uh, he took us on our first tour, my old band. And uh, it was really fun. Uh, and then he moved to Portland at a certain point and I went and visited him there. And uh, he's living in this weird house where I remember he was like, oh, uh, yeah, when you're, if you're in the shower, uh, these two wires that are coming out of the wall, if you touch them at the same time, you'll die. So don't touch them. I was like, okay. And then um, I remember he had a, a four-track recorder, and, and Lewis was there with me from my band Fake Shark. And he had rented it, and it already had somebody's songs on it like instrumental songs uh and he was like let's just finish this song like let's write words and melodies to this weird song and it was like it was like changing genres every like four bars and so i remember we spent like the weekend doing that and he really loved um he really loved the band nirvana and he actually reminded me a lot of kurt cobain just his personality and sort of things that made him happy or unhappy or whatever. Um, and he was really, uh, he's just a good guy, but man, it's really had me thinking about him a lot. Um, and it's sad that, uh, he's gone. I didn't, I wish I would have sort of kept in better touch with him. I remember he came out to Vancouver to visit me once and, uh, and we hung out for the week and my, like my parents met him and stuff. And uh, so I'm just, I'm feeling somber about him passing away. He's a good guy, great artist. He had been making music again before he passed away. And so I was excited about that because Test High Schools was supposed to do this big um, American tour. They were blowing up in England and they were going to bring us to open. And, and then 
uh, he felt embarrassed about the band. And so he, he broke the band up and canceled the tour. And so they basically did five final UK dates and he brought us along um, to play with them on those dates. And that was my first tour ever. And uh, yeah, man, Blood Orange, Dev Hines, he was in that band too. And so um, talked to him for a, a little bit on the DMs yesterday on Instagram, just sent each other a heart. <laughs> um, he's killing it these days. He's producing like Yoko Ono and Blondie and shit. So it's interesting where everybody went. Anyway, I know it's not the most exciting way to start an episode with such a funny guy, but uh, it is it is on my mind and it is weighing on me a little bit, and uh, I miss I miss him already. So anyway, uh, I'll probably put some Test High School's music in this episode just so you can hear it uh, if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, man, I had uh, I had Kevin Banner on this episode. His his album was the he was the first guy I got signed to Six Hundred Four Records as a an A&R person for that label. And uh, his album Dreamboat went number one on iTunes. And he's really funny, and he's like really really into wrestling. So we talk about wrestling a lot in this episode. And uh, he's kind of like an old school comic. Like we we talk about the Cellar Crowd, which is the, this New York comedy club where like. Bill Burr and Patrice O'Neill and Colin Quinn and all those guys came up. And that's like his his taste, like David Tell. That's his taste. And so his stand-up is sort of in that vein and and whatnot. So we get into that. And uh, also I talk about when I used to work at a call center and how horrible that was because people were mad at me all the time and I can't stand that. Anyway, here it is. My friend, your friend, Kevin Banner. sent me was uh you can shoot guys and then when you shoot them you you sometimes it'll see inside their body so you see what the bullet did to them really ivan ivan loves to shoot guys in the testicles and then like on the screen it would say testicle shot (laughs) it says that yeah is it a war game yeah it's called sniper elite four and so you're a sniper who you're by yourself and you go in and you gotta like take all these guys out of a village or whatever that's great yeah are you much of a gamer no, not really. My wife really games. She loves it. But really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Big time. She works for a video game company, right? Yes, but that's like, she works for like a video game company that makes like slots and oh. other uh, other games for like uh, casinos and stuff. But yeah, no, uh, she is a big gamer like Fortnite and Overwatch and she plays Overwatch, I mean, hours and hours and hours a week and I've been in the room for almost all of those hours and I still have no concept <laughs> of how the game works. Really? Like, I don't, like, yeah, no, and like sometimes, you know, we'll get a delivery to the house or whatever and she'll pause her game to go and I'll just be, or you can't pause it, I guess, so she'll be like, all right, just play. And I'm like, <laughs> it's happened. That's only happened once, I think, because uh, I, I said it happens, but it only happened the one time because uh-huh. I was so lost that Dude. she's just like, you're going to fuck up my my game here. Yeah, it's it's hard when you can't pause things. And it's funny because I don't, 
I play video games all the time, actually, but I don't think of myself as a gamer because I don't play games like Fortnite. Right. I don't, I don't like RPGs. Do you like RPGs? No. I can't care. I like BFGs. <laughs> Big fucking guns. Yeah. Um, it's a Duke Nukem reference, isn't it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I like BBWs. Yeah. And some BBCs, right? <laughs> huh? Wait. Huh? What happened? Uh, my, my worst job I ever had which was my first job that didn't just pay minimum wage, was I worked at a call center for Bodog. Do you remember that yeah, company? Oh yeah. And so it was an, it's an online gambling site, and people would only call if they're mad. And that, of course. Because I was in the front lines, it was always me they talked to. And it was like online poker and slot machines. And so they'd only call if they're like, oh my God, I just spent all my child support and lost it in like a minute. Can you do anything with, about that? And I'd have to be like, no, sorry. No, stupid. You yeah. fucking gambled. Yeah, you, yeah. You cra- Here, here's what I can do. I yeah. can tell you what the word gambling means, <laughs> shithead. <laughs> fucking don't bet your kids fucking child support. Oh, man. That was I understand s- why you're separated from your wife. Clearly, you're a fucking degenerate, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, take care of your fucking oh. stupid kid. Anyway. That was a rough job because I can't stand when people are mad at me and people yeah. were only mad at me. I had people threaten me all the time and I started to get kind of bold about it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to kill me? And they'd yeah. be like, I'm, I'm like, you're going to come to Canada and kill someone named Kevin? And then one time the guy read me my address. What? <laughs> how? I don't know how he knew it. That's terrifying. That's that like some scary. deep, dark web shit. <laughs> I know. Did you work at a call center ever? I have. I worked. I worked at Shaw Cable, oh and it was the same kind of thing. People were only calling when they were mad. Yeah. And like, I was called the N word. <laughs> I've been called ever, like I'm white. I'm yeah. crystal clear. And <laughs> yeah, I've been called horrible things. Uh, one guy called me an N-word faggot, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know why I'm comfortable enough to say are true. the F-word. But no, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And I had like a lady in, because uh, I was on the team that was calling people to help them upgrade from analog, like plug your cable into the wall to a digital cable box because mm-hmm. Shaw was like the last North American company to go digital. Okay. And so you, the, a lot of our customers were people that only were with Shaw because they were still the last non-digital option because they're old people and they don't want to have to figure out how to work a box and their TV at the same time. Yeah. And so we would call people and if we got their voicemail, we'd say like, uh, just calling about the digital upgrade, uh, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So then this lady calls back and she goes, hi, oh, I got a voicemail and it said that you're upgrading and could you tell me more about this? And so I told her and she goes, oh, I thought you meant you would be upgrading to more godly programming. <laughs> That's not what upgrade <laughs> it's like, means. It's like, no, yeah. And then she she told me that the reason that there are so many school shootings today mm-hmm. is because of television and because I work for that company, I have blood on my hands. I work for the TV it's company. Your fault. Now, what this fucking bukyak didn't understand <laughs> that's italian for the c word i learned that from the sopranos no. what this bukyak didn't understand was that uh uh oh shit what was i saying kevy uh you were saying <laughs> upgrade to heaven oh upgrade oh, oh tv so she said that there was blood on my hands right and, and she didn't think though that she gives money to mm. the cable company i said well by that logic, ma'am, you are paying us money so that your hands uh, are bloody as well. Well, she didn't like that. Uh, and she said, well, you have to watch TV. Whoa. I guess you do. So she just wanted us to upgrade to more godly programming. And she doesn't like her uh, her grandkids to watch TV because there are women uh, in bikinis on television. Well, that is disgusting. 
But also, you don't have to watch TV. Hasn't she ever talked to a hipster from Vancouver? Yeah. Don't I don't even know they have don't own TV. One. Fuck off. That doesn't make you better than me. Yeah. That makes you, makes me think that you're poor. Yeah. And <laughs> you're and not better than me. You're poor. Exactly. I'm fucking poor too, but I still have a TV, <laughs> you piece of shit. But also, people who say that are always like, I don't watch TV. And then they watch hours of YouTube every yeah, day. Yeah, YouTube it's the and same Netflix. Thing. It's like, okay, so it's the fucking, it's the physical invention the television that you're revolting against <laughs> you still want to watch fucking digital programming yeah book yuck. i love that you're bringing that back <laughs> it never went anywhere that's it's always true. been very close to my heart man when um i'll tell you two quick things one time uh when i was in los angeles with my friend at this dog park in hollywood we saw across the the park we saw um james gandolfini walking his oh, dog yeah. and then he died that week wow so weird and then the other thing is that when I was working at Bodog, I remember this old lady called in because she's like, hello, I got a coupon for some free money in your casino. Where is it? And then we, I had to be like, oh, it's at Bodog.com. She's like, well, where's that located? I live in Missouri. And then she was like, and I had to be like, no, it's on the internet. And then there was like a long pregnant pause. She's like, what's the internet? And then it was sad. I felt bad for her. She's so out of touch. I feel the opposite of bad for her. I feel like that woman is lucky. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say stupid. Well, I mean, she's clearly a dumb pedophile, but um, <laughs> she, uh, no, I feel I like if I wasn't involved in comedy, I wouldn't have social media anymore at this point. Oh, I man. might keep Instagram around just for the butts, but fair enough. I, uh, I really wish that I could go without uh, a Facebook and I wish I just had like a Twitter account that instead of feeling obligated to post shit, it was just like I could lurk because I don't know. Social media is just such a dog shit sandwich. Facebook is by far my least favorite. It's the, it's, it's my least favorite too. I deleted Snapchat today. Yeah. Uh, but Facebook is my least favorite, but it is also the most necessary for comedy just because yeah, of course. that's where everyone's booking their goddamn shows now is through Facebook. I know. And yeah. So I know I use uh, it. It's, it's a good way. Like a lot, you know, a lot of people like instead of text, like you and I only talk on messenger. Yeah. Yeah. And I have yeah. your phone number. <laughs> I have your phone number, but I don't, <laughs> Yeah, I think we we barely text text. It's always Messenger. So yeah. I recently learned, though, because I looked it up, like you can have Messenger and not have Facebook anymore. You just really? have to give them your phone number. Oh. And then that's how they do that. But anyway, you're listening to Tech Talk with the two Kevs. <laughs> that would be a great name for this episode. I was going to say, we didn't introduce me, but I was like, it's a fucking podcast, stupid. Your name <laughs> is on it. I almost, I'm just dumb. You're not dumb at all. You mentioned Bodog, my friend Paul Lazenby. Uh, is a stuntman and yeah. a former pro wrestler and uh, he's done stand-up. He's done a bit of everything mm -hmm. and he was the commentator. He was one of the play-by-play -play guys for Bodog Fights. No way. Yeah, back in the day. And I remember hearing like stories because they, I think they, they used to like... They'd be somewhere in South America. Yeah, it it was uh, Antigua, I An think. Antigua. Yeah, that's uh, where the I think the offices were located. And so, but they had like the guy that ran the company, Calvin Ayers, was going to be arrested if he stepped foot in America. That's right. So every time he would fly from like Canada to Antigua, he mm -hmm. had to pray to God there wasn't a mechanical mishap where yeah. the plane had to land in the states yeah. because otherwise he was going straight to jail it's so crazy it's fucking bananas i remember my job interview 
one of the things they showed us was a uh, video of him hanging out with Puff Daddy. And it was basically like, now do you want to work here? Now do you want to work here? <laughs> oh, will I get to meet Puff Daddy? No, no, no. no, no. no Scott no. doesn't even get to talk to him anymore. <laughs> or Calvin. Calvin, yeah. Scott Calvin from the Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> oh, was, whoa. Deep t- Tim Allen cut. Now listen, I am an absolute fan of uh, the Santa Claus movies. I am a Christmas geek. Okay. And sorry, I picked up my phone like I was going to show you something. I no, I just was just turning off my ringer. Reference Wikipedia. But uh, no, Tim Allen in the Santa Claus movie. I went to see the Santa Claus two mm-hmm. in the theater yeah twice wow that's the kind of and i still am not as christmas geeky as like uh chris gordon oh yeah chris gordon has i think he has a year round <laughs> set up in one room of his house but Sounds of a tree right. yeah i love the tree like midnight on halloween the last three years that's i set right. up my christmas tree and it doesn't come down until mid-january or so it what just you, changes the atmosphere what do you think of jingle all the way Jingle All the Way is a great movie. Shut up, box. Nobody (laughs) likes you, booster. Get out of the way, box. Like, yeah, Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I would watch them. Uh, I want to see. I would love to see them do like an on, uh, like a like old like on the road movies where it's like a road trip movie with Sinbad and Arnie and they're trying to get Selma and Louise, but it's the (laughs) genders have been switched. Then they drive into a canyon. It starts with that. It starts with. It starts with that, and then it's actually nothing like Thelma and Louise. It's not even a road trip movie. It's just then their families picking up the pieces. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's like pretty sad. Thirty seconds in, but, Sinbad and Arnie are dead. But Brad Pitt's still a sex pot in it. He is, but um, that was like the pinnacle of Brad Pitt being like, and that was he was like new. I think remember he was just that he that, was like fresh. grifter was in that fresh faced Brad Pitt mm-hmm. swinging that those he's got those pussy muscles you know like the <laughs> you know what i mean like he's got yeah, the, like that v the v muscles yeah. that only like oh, i've it? only ever met one person who had them Ooh. and uh, a ravenous Drop randy a name. The pro wrestler. oh, oh yeah. he's he's very attractive he, he's uh he's shredded but yeah he was over uh, oh no we were uh, hanging out in the alley <laughs> after a wrestling oh, show smoking a joint he was in your uh live stream thing we did right Yes, Ladies he was one of the guys Ravenous that, Randy, yeah, yeah, he helped. Uh, Sweetheart of a man. Yeah, Both he's of them. a wonderful, wonderful person. Yeah. And he's finally getting some buzz. Check him out online, Ravenous Randy. Wow. He's awesome. He Didn't he uh, come close to WWE status? He did. He, he signed a developmental deal, mm-hmm. I think like a decade ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, his piss, piss test, he had weed in his system. Oh, man. And they told him when he, when he signed it, he, they said, well, we find anything in your piss test. And he said, yes, like I've, I smoke marijuana recreationally uh-huh. or whatever. And uh, they said, that's not a problem. That's just a fine. And then I guess in the interim, like between like when they're working on his Canadian paperwork, yeah. um, some famous wrestler, I think, passed away from a drug overdose or something, had a oh. drug thing. So they revamped their drug policy. Yeah. And so then when his fucking paperwork was going through and they checked his piss test and they said oh there's marijuana sorry we can't hire you he's like you guys knew that and yeah like, mm, it's a different world than it was six weeks Whoa, ago oh my god that's so, so unfair yeah but right now he's killing it he's uh he's like one of the top guys for this this big independent wrestling company in seattle called defy okay and they're they're giving him the platform to do exactly what he wants which is what any artist wants because as a there are pro wrestlers who are just meatheads but ravenous randy he is a guy that's an artist yeah so there are lots of them. Those thirty for thirties on the different wrestlers are totally fascinating. Yeah, the Ric Flair one is great. I haven't and seen that one yet. There's a E60 they did on ESPN about Scott Hall, which is so depressing. Oh yeah, 
but uh, yeah, no, I I love uh, I love that stuff. Yeah, you're the biggest wrestling fan I've ever met. I have a Dusty Rhodes tattoo on my leg. It's half Dusty Rhodes, half Homer Simpson, so uh, because I know there's two things that I'll never not love, and that's the fucking Simpsons season two through nine. Yeah, and pro wrestling. Wow, you go all the way to nine. Yeah, some people don't go quite that far, but I looked. I was looking a while back on like Wikipedia, and I was like, "What is in season nine? I was like, "There's some real fucking gems in there." I'm trying to remember what episodes were in there. I, I off the top of my head, I couldn't tell Man. you. But the people at home right now are screaming. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a Simpson fan out oh, there yeah. listening right now. Go, that's the season that has the. And I was going to say Cat Burglar, but I know it's earlier, and yeah. I know that that would make them scream even more. That's so. such a good one. I think the Monorail one is like one of the best Cat ones. Burglar, Monorail, um, shit. The Homer uh, plays baseball. Like, those are oh, all man. Those are the best. Man, that The Simpsons, like, created a style of comedy that people still emulate. Yeah, and there's so many things that, like, you, you don't even realize that are part of our vernacular because... Mm-hmm we just watched the Simpsons so much obsessively as kids yeah. and th- it like creeps in there. And then you see like an old episode and you're like, Oh shit, that's where that thing yeah. that I say every two days came from. I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a kid, but for some reason I saw RoboCop, which is the most ultra violent movie. Jesus, It's so violent. That is the worst. It's so mean spirited. Here's the thing about RoboCop. <laughs> uh, I, hate those sh- robocop movies they look like shit they were <laughs> fucking garbage and it's one of those things that like everybody talks about like with like this this big smile on their face about remembering being a child and watching yeah and i try and watch it and like fucking red from that 70s yeah. show is like a mean bastard and he it. shot his hand off yeah fuck that shit is that why you don't like it it's just ruining your illusion it, of red foreman i fucking love red foreman red yeah. foreman is my dad okay uh very similar like gruff old guy where you know he loves you but he's not gonna tell you good lord man the only thing i remember from that 70s show and it's so funny is when red foreman's he i can't remember why but he's talking about how how his kids don't respect him he's like they should respect me i was in korea i killed people yeah (laughs) that's such a good like sitcom joke we uh my wife and i have been re-watching that 70s show we started a Mm -hmm. month ago and we just watch a few episodes a night and i forgot how fucking great that show is like it's really really (laughs) good and i was i'm blown away by like it's so it's the most perfectly cast show of Mm. that era like every single person was perfect in their role kitty foreman yeah one of the great fucking television characters ever like yeah. the one, my favorite they're my favorite sitcom parents really red and kitty man you know what i like about that show too is uh you know that whoever was casting it had interesting tastes because they'd put weird deep cut comedians like mitch hedberg was in it jim gaffigan and tommy chong and all these people i remember hearing a story like so hedberg had a deal with fox mm-hmm. um like a holding deal and then kind of disappeared and did heroin in a hotel for a few months in right. like New York. Mm-hmm. And then they're like pitching him stuff. And one of the ideas that the writers at Fox came up with for Mitch Hedberg was to be a tennis instructor. <laughs> Could you fucking picture anybody in comedy who is least likely to be a tennis instructor than Mitch Hedberg? Yeah. Um, I but yeah, he can so bend they, his knees. They plugged him into uh, to that 70s show and he was, he was perfect in there. Yeah, I love I love when that happens. Like The Office, also what like Patrice was in it as kind of like a yeah. weird character, and then Patrice quit. Yeah, because he didn't want to fly back from New York to L.A. to record like 
two lines that they needed better takes of or something. And so that was basically, that was it. I love that. I fucking love Patrice O'Neill. Patrice is probably my favorite. Yeah. He's my favorite arguer. He's my favorite talker. You're the only person I know that likes him as much as me. <laughs> and we both talked about how he's probably a bad influence on us. At least, 100%. At least in our relationship. In your relationship. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you can't listen to Patrice O'Neill if you're in a fight with your girlfriend because you'll <laughs> never get out of the fight with your girlfriend because yeah. you'll just keep stomping your foot. Yeah. And and uh, and he loves confrontation. He loves like, it. He like finds it attractive or something. My, uh, a, a very funny comedian out of uh, Seattle, a guy by the name of Gabe Rutledge. Mm-hmm. He is a family man. He's clean and he is a, a room crusher. Like check out okay. uh, Gabe Rutledge online. So funny. Uh, but we had this conversation too, maybe seven years ago about how I can't listen to Patrice if I'm in an argument with my girlfriend, because yeah. you just, he, he turns up the misogyny Yeah, and, and Gabe is a very sweet, clean comic, family man, mm-hmm. father, wife, kid, or husband, kids, all mm-hmm. that, uh, and he said to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, I can't either. He goes, because sometimes I'll be listening to him. He goes, you know what? Maybe I do deserve some side. <laughs> it's like, this is like a, a very sweet, like, wow. you know, like 40 year old comic. And he's like, yeah, maybe I do deserve some side. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause like you, you and I both love this, the seller scenes, yes. but, but what, the things that we like about it, I don't know that I'd want to experience like how Keith Robinson, they're just like, if he wears a dumb shirt, it's just over yeah. for him. All, like he runs away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you hear that side of it and yeah, but you also like I, because like Phil, our, yeah. our buddy, Phil Hanley is yeah. a seller comic. He always has like funny stories, about just, <laughs> I love, I love ball breaking and there's yeah. a lot of comics who want no part of that. And no. I don't. Part of me doesn't understand yeah. them. Like, how are you a comic? And but you're like a traditional co- comic that way. Well, in that I'm f- uh, like I I'm a funny person who wanted to do comedy. I'm yeah. not a person who wants to do comedy to become funny. Yeah, and I think there are those people with mm-hmm. that like they want to belong to something. Stand up is the easiest thing because you don't have to learn any chords. Yeah, and they want to belong to a scene, so you, you jump in stand up. And um, there are people that just have like no concept of how it works. Like, yeah, comics who show up their first few months, they're like doing other people's stuff, not know. knowing. It's um, not allowed. No, it's very much not allowed. So. But you do have to learn chords in a sense, and you have to learn it in front of an audience. Yeah. So at least like musicians, we can like sit at home and perfect things, and then That's people true. will hear them. But yeah, I just uh, I don't remember how we got onto it, but I just I wanted the point to be that I'm funny. Yeah, you're very funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to. You're the agree. first guy I got on 604. Yeah, the first stand-up comic on 604 Records. You signed me uh, a couple weeks after the. The Bill Burr show. That's I right. Think. Can you tell the Bill Burr story? I opened for Bill Burr in uh, Vancouver. I got to you already had tickets. Two it, shows too. with him. I bought tickets to see him mm-hmm. in the upper deck. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, I got a call about a week out. Said, "Hey, they they need a tape because they need um, we need to see they need to we need to submit two comedians for Burr to see." Mm-hmm. And so they submitted myself and another Vancouver comic, uh-huh. Kyle Bottom, and I won. I won, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. I won. Um, so anyway, I got. <laughs> He's that. playing Fortnite right I now. I got that to this. one, and um, and yeah, and so I got to do two shows with Burr. And Burr is just the fucking best dude ever. Like he's, 
he reminded me a lot of like the guys that are my uncles like the guys that are my uncles he reminded me of my uncles the guys that are my uncles i suck shit the way you phrase things these days he reminded me a lot of my uncles in that like very sarcastic kind Mm -hmm. of just a dude like a man's man and uh yeah he was a wonderful guy and after the show he he um asked me how much or he said i gotta get your address i gotta send you a check and I was like, oh, no, the festival paid me. And he's like, well, what did they pay you? And I told him, and he goes, is that per show? I said, no, that was in total. He goes, give me a fucking address. I'll send you a check. <laughs> so he ended up sending me like another 900 US for that show. <laughs> so cool. And I've kept, I, uh, I didn't realize it, but I was digging through. I've got a box, like a, a tin Calgary Flames lunchbox that mm-hmm. I keep like little, you know, Nostalgic festival things. passes yeah, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. And uh, I realized that I saved the envelope that he awesome. sent me the check-in because it's got like he he wrote it yeah so that's so cool no one does shit like that no it, it, nobody does because i've also worked i worked for another guy who's like a legendary comic mm-hmm. who is i'm not i don't want to say his name but uh-huh. he's known for not paying openers when he's in canada yeah and you weren't the only one who had that story i'm not the only one like i know yeah. uh, uh off the top of my head i can name three three other comics who have opened for him and got no money. Which and is weird because he's kind of like a sort of vigilante. You would think so, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's weird, but uh, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was also, it was super fun to hang out with him. He's yeah. still a super nice guy. So yeah. I almost question if he knows. Maybe not. Like maybe it's just his management, but whatever, fuck. It's not, because I mean, like, it's not like when I open for other comics, they pay me out of their fucking yeah pocket oh except duncan trussell did he was really, oh, really? Nice. duncan trussell uh kathleen mcgee and i worked with duncan trussell at the rickshaw a few yeah. years ago he's awesome and after the show he's like uh give me a ride back to my hotel he's got a great <laughs> voice Man. he's like yeah i'll give you some money i'll pay you at the hotel so he paid us <laughs> cash and the story of that um because kathleen and i have both opened for that comic who didn't mm-hmm. pay and uh mm-hmm. that came up uh, McGee mentioned it and then he Duncan didn't believe it and I was like well I, the same thing happened to me yeah. and so he felt so bad so when he went into his hotel and he came out and we were sitting out in my car waiting out front and uh, he handed us uh, a couple of wads of cash and then he's like I threw in an extra 50 each because of blank and he Whoa. said the guy's name and I was like what a guy yeah. and then as soon as he the money was out of his hand into my hand uh-huh. the hotel he was staying at was nice and there was a doorman right there like 10 feet away and he goes thanks for the heroin (laughs) that was it like i fucking i love duncan trussell i would fight people i've only met him like we only hung out for like Mm -hmm. three hours that night and Mm -hmm. one hour of that he was on stage so we couldn't hang out for two hours basically and uh i would fight people for him yeah that is one of the weird things about what we like the business we're in is that you make these great friendships and then like or just even like make a great connection with a person and then you never see them. It's true. Or you see them six years later. And and you know it going into it. And then like, cause you, you, it's cool that you make such a good, uh, impact on the on these people because they always have you back. Like Soder seems to yeah. have you on Dan shows. Soder's and then another like great guy. Big J, like Big J is so cool. I love Big J, and he is always excited to see me when I when he sees me in Vancouver. But I I'm a hundred percent convinced he doesn't remember my name. I don't think that matters to him because he was like that with me too. Yeah. Hey man, yeah. we talk about Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah. <laughs> he um. <laughs> Yeah, because oh well, I was doing the the nasty show a few years ago with him, and 
he forgot my name. Like okay. he forgot my on name stage? when he was going to intro me. Oh. Yeah. And so he's like, Oh, hold on. He's like, I got to grab the sheet. Hold on. Oh. And so then he's like, he's, he was so apologetic after. And I was yeah. like, I don't care. That happens to me. Like I've introduced people that I've been friends with for a few years <laughs> and I can fuck up their names. So I don't feel bad. Like I yeah. forget names and shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, like I, I did a weekend with Gavin Clarkson at the yeah. comedy mix and I had to kept like, consciously being like his last name is Clarkson it's not Matt it's not Matt it's not one of the other Gavins but anyway yeah. so um, fuck what was I saying Kevy? we were just talking about Big J being a sweetheart maybe not remembering and so then last time he was at the mix I think was early this year like yeah. January yeah. and um, I went down to hang out and he walked in the green room he saw him and he goes I know. I saw that. And I was like, are you on the uh, show? Yeah. He's like, are you on the show? And I said, no. And he's like, do you want to do guest spot? And I was like, oh, that's okay. The only reason I said no is because uh, he told me last time we worked together, next time I'm in Vancouver, I want you on the shows. So tell them that. And when I told them that, uh, the comedy mix that, I guess his his manager yeah. uh, said, uh, we don't want other big guys on the show, <laughs> which there, I feel like there's no way that comes from big j like zero chance he doesn't give a fuck and i almost sometimes i question if it even came from his manager or if just maybe the comedy mix didn't want me there that weekend and was didn't want to just be like no but uh yeah no big j is the best and uh and soder is uh is awesome i love those guys phil hanley phil hanley is the greatest if you're listening right now if my uh never letting a sentence breathe hasn't turned you off already uh <laughs> listen to listen to phil hanley kevy produced his album yeah. and it's goddamn great like really i was proud of it i would be too and and no disrespect to myself or the other comics whose albums you produced i think that phil's is the best because yeah. there's just so many jokes packed in there mm-hmm. and i also love the title yeah. Please don't chit chat while I'm pursuing my dream. <laughs> that was the thing he said to someone who was uh, t- talking in the crowd. It's so great. He's so naturally funny. And it's interesting because, like, a lot of those seller guys, they're known for their crowd work, I guess, right? Right. And, him included. And then when we were editing his album, he's like, you know what? I don't even know why uh, this is funny about his crowd work. It's like, but you're the best crowd oh, work guy. God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that guy. Uh, back in 2000 five or six mm-hmm. uh i went it was my then girlfriend's birthday and we went mm-hmm. to see a show in victoria it was todd glass headlining and yep. the opening acts were john bueller phil hanley and graham clark <laughs> which Whoa. is that is just a devastating lineup <laughs> of fucking legitimate killer comics yeah and um and i remember at that point i was like i want to do stand-up i think i'd done it maybe a couple times at that point and i was like uh it's really I don't think that I can do anything of value in stand up. I'll never work with like a big name comic. I'll never I'll never get on TV, anything like that. I just wanna be on a show with one of those three Vancouver guys and have them think I'm funny. Yeah. And that was it. That was my fucking goal yeah. in comedy. And I I'm so close to those guys thinking I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> they all respect you, man. Of course. Why you, not? You're um your home club was Hecklers, right? Hecklers, the worst named club in comedy. <laughs> Why do they do that? It was a sports bar. It was a sports bar called Hecklers. Oh, weird. The guy, uh, uh, Pete Johansson at the time, was mm-hmm. trying to set up a room and then set up the room. And before he even like ran one show there, he moved to the UK and handed over the reins to Dan Quinn. Yeah. So, yeah, that place is fucking awesome. The yeah. reason that Hecklers is such a great club is... And it comes down to one thing that literally every comedy club 
needs but does not have is a great manager. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, oh, uh, Aaron Magoo manages that place mm-hmm. better than anybody I've ever seen. Like yeah. he, he really cares. He cares about the quality of the show more than just selling drinks. And there yeah. are a lot of clubs that you'll play or a lot of like just rooms that the most important thing is selling, selling drinks and fucking chips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Aaron wants to have the brand be synonymous with great comedy yeah. and great shows. And he is the best I've ever met at, at cooling somebody off, like somebody really? sh- being shitty in the crowd because my approach was always to walk over and go like, Hey, stop talking during the show. Yeah. Or, you know, if I had to do it twice, I go shut the fuck up. <laughs> like I am, yeah, yeah. I have anger issues. So, uh-huh. but he would just go over and and just be like, "Hey, man, like, mm-hmm. uh, hey, please just be quiet during the show. Thanks so much." And like, he would oh. send over a picture. Uh, wow. One, uh, there, here's a story about why Aaron is a great comedy club owner. Mm. Uh, is that like maybe a year ago there was a bunch of guys came in after a slow pitch game and they're mm. hammered. There's 20 minutes left in the show mm. and they. They're rowdy and they want to come in, but the show's just about to end. So Aaron stops them at the door and says, guys, the show will be over in 20 minutes. If you guys want to go somewhere else for like a half hour or whatever, come back. When you get back here, first round's on me. Wow. And so those guys were like, hey, yeah, that's great. And so (laughs) even if those guys, they did come back and they drank until closing. Yeah. But even if they didn't, uh come back that night that's a place you would go back to that the guy is like that cool so yeah yeah, i i've got nothing but love and respect for that guy even though uh he enrages me sometimes when we text because (laughs) he is one of those guys that like uh will take the opposite thing that i'm saying just because yeah he'll be a devil's advocate just to do it sometimes yeah he's done with me a little bit sometimes i'll be like you don't have to do that right now yeah like this that's not what this is he likes to challenge me with certain comics yeah but i also like that because if everyone just fucking it's true lets you steamroll them then fucking what are you gonna learn so one thing i noticed about just because you're a big wrestling fan is uh is that just the different professional fighters i've known over the years Mm -hmm. none of them are dicks and i think it's because they don't need to act tough because they are tough they are tough yeah yeah it's re- like i mean there are still tough guys that fucking love to tell you how tough they are but for the most part it's it's yeah like they don't need to confirm that and they don't need to bark but there all are also those fighters that are fighters because mm-hmm. they're insanely violent people yeah they need yeah um, and they yeah. They're looking for you to say something. But yeah, no. Um, my, my favorite part of that Andre the Giant documentary that came out is when Hulk Hogan died? was... Jesus, like, that's a weird thing to have your favorite sorry, part, Kevy. Sorry. <laughs> Love funerals. <laughs> Funeral crasher. I'm a goth. So my favorite part is when Hulk Hogan is like, oh yeah, the uh, if he didn't like you, Andre the Giant would make your match suck. And the one person he really didn't like, this guy. Macho Man. Do you know this record? Be a man, Hulk! Oh, you know all the words. <laughs> yes, I seen ya, dancing on stage like a ballerina. That's all I remember. <laughs> you know, it's interesting just through the years of novelty. <laughs> it's so good. And he, yeah, Macho Man put this out and uh, it, his rap career really didn't take off. You know what though? I mean, as far as novelty rap records go, this is the best produced one. I think. I think the Rough Riders crew did it. Sure, and and it's great also because it's an entire album about 
how Hulk Hogan sucks shit <laughs> and he's a pussy who won't fight the Macho Man. <laughs> so that's great. What did you think about CM Punk trying to be a UFC fighter? Do you like CM Punk? I love CM Punk. I I uh, I have nothing but respect for that guy for what he did. I don't. It didn't work out well for him, but. Uh, he wanted to do something and he did it. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of people giving him shit online and like posting like after his first fight, like two forty or whatever, however long he lasted in his fight. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, but what are you doing? What yeah, are you the doing? It's pile with your on life? culture. It's like you're real tough behind your laptop. Yeah. Fuck uh, off. Um what are what are the best uh thirty for thirties or documentaries on wrestlers? Uh off the top of my head, the only thirty for thirty about wrestling is Ric Flair. Oh, okay. Because um, th- that Jake the Snake, I guess it's not the a 30 Jake for 30. That, that documentary is good, but it is basically, it's like a, a two-hour infomercial for DDP Yoga. I know. But, I still uh, liked it, But though. you know what? Here's the thing. I did DDP Yoga for a while, and mm-hmm. it is unquestionably the best workout I've ever done. Really? And like, I used to work out, like I'm a fucking slob now. People at home can Google. But uh, <laughs> I used to work out when I wanted to be a pro wrestler and when I was you know, a teenager and go to the gym and shit. But mm-hmm. then... Like the DDP yoga stuff, and you go like, I'm standing on a mat. How fucking much impact could it have? It's fucking bananas. It is <laughs> really? so it's so amazing. And then like you feel incredible after. Mm-hmm. But like with everything that makes me feel good, I stopped doing it after about <laughs> six weeks. So, um, I liked, I loved Beyond the Mat. Beyond the Mat is great. It's yeah. very depressing. I watched that again recently. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to watch old wrestling because uh, shit like the headshots, which we as a kid you go, oh yeah, he took, a, he took 10 chair shots in the head. He's mm-hmm. crazy. And it's like, fuck, that's a real chair. Because we also thought like, oh, they buy it from the prop chair. No, it's, it's real. Real yeah. fucking steel chair. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just, now we know more about concussions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also the attitude era, which is like, what people you know widely talk about is the best period in pro wrestling which i would agree to a point it's like the stone cold like stone cold and the rock like main eventing but Mm -hmm. but a lot of the undercard stuff was really fucking garbage and there's a lot of like it's impossible to watch an old raw or smackdown uh or an old episode of raw on the wwe network Mm -hmm. with a woman present because it was so incredibly misogynist like like dx and all that stuff mind-blowing and the shit that they would say and that they would like this is really like early early internet era Mm -hmm. so like people there's a lot of like really gross like sexual references that they would sneak in yeah. like that the, the average person had no clue like we didn't know when the degeneration x is spraying the crowd with super soakers and they're talking about giving them a golden shower <laughs> and it's like yeah that i didn't know what that meant i was like okay they're uh, why yeah. whatever i didn't yeah. know that meant uh pissing <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and like but it really is uh, I, I don't want to say disturbing because it's not disturbing, but it is. It's it's uh, it's mean spirited, insane kind of. yeah. to look back and see what they used to do, especially like Mick Foley. Man, that was that uh, guy. Even on a, like walking around still like that. What was that cage match where he fell through and he wasn't supposed to? Yeah, or something? the uh, the Hell in a Cell, which was the twenty year anniversary of it, is was like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and now he's doing a comedy tour talking about that yeah but he like tells stories at his shows yeah That's he's awesome. so much fun yeah. um 
but uh, yeah, he he did DDP yoga and he's oh. lost like a hundred and something pounds. Wow. And so he's like 250 pounds now, 240 pounds, which he never was in his wrestling career. Yeah. And he got uh, his hips replaced oh this year. Goodness. So he looks and uh, he looks so much better. And I, I was really happy to see him because I did. I got to work with him for five shows Whoa. years back and he is the nicest guy. And that was like my first real nerd out. Uh, moment in comedy where like mm-hmm. I'm working with someone who I, I love and respect and he was walking up the stairs in the back of this theater and he looked up and saw me at the top of the stairs and he goes banner and that Whoa. even that I was just like fucking shit like yeah. Mick Foley because I remember getting his book for Christmas mm-hmm. uh, his first novel or not novel sorry his first autobiography because he put out a few mm-hmm. uh and I stayed up until like four in the morning yeah. and I read like a hundred and something pages of this book. Yeah. It was, I, I love him. So yeah, I've, yeah. yeah, he, he was the best. And he's another one of those guys that like lived up to the, I hope this guy doesn't suck when I meet him. And he exceeded all expectations. Did you ever see the first insane clown posse movie, big money hustlers where he played cactus sack? I haven't seen it, but I, <laughs> but he did, he did. He does talk about that in one of his books and cactus sacks, father prickly balls. And, because uh, Strangle Mania was the, yeah. their thing. And I had that. I used to have that on DVD. It was um, it was this Japanese deathmatch tournament, which yeah. for the uninitiated, a deathmatch, they'll have like, may, they'll take down the ropes and replace them with barbed Bar wire. wire yeah. and Or they'll have like boxes of thumbtacks or light tubes and shit. I've seen ridiculous shit. Like deathmatches now compared to then. Yeah. They were so much tamer than when it was just barbed wire and falling off ladders. Uh, nowadays, like I've seen, I saw a guy take a weed whacker like the the not the blade obviously but like the whipper yeah he took the weed whipper to the stomach oh and i've seen guys like they take a syringe and they'd stick (gasps) it through the guy's cheek oh like in his mouth stick it out and then they would spray the liquid out the side of his cheek it's so awful and it's like (laughs) that takes zero skill (laughs) and the payoff for the companies that do that kind of stuff is not enough. Yeah. Um, it's like that backyard wrestling stuff that was happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, Mick Foley is the goddamn man. Is he your all time favorite? Probably. Like I always try and break things down into my Mount Rushmore because mm-hmm. I can never pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick Foley would absolutely be on my Mount Rushmore of, of yep. favorite comics. And then bringing it back, Patrice was a writer for the WWE. Patrice O'Neill wrote for the uh, for a, a few weeks and anyway, now, and then got fired. That's right, four times in one day. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon kept calling back because he was like, he had a, he said that he had a, a weekend of uh, that he was working at a comedy club, and they're like, what? Like you work here now? And he's like, well, I got these gigs, and they're like, well, you're fired. He's like, okay. <laughs> and then they called back, and they're like, I just want you to understand, like you know that you're. Fired, fired. Like, you're not coming back next week. He goes, that's fine. Like, yeah, I understand. I'm a comedian. I've been fired before. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and now Freddie Prince Jr. is a writer. At- Freddie Prince Jr. Was a, was a writer and a producer for a while. I don't know if he's still there, but I know he was working with WWF or WWE for a while, uh-huh. and he produced a lot of Jeff Hardy stuff. Oh, yeah. That was, like, really... Um, darker stuff and it was there was a big era where i didn't watch wrestling i probably stopped watching wrestling for like eight years yeah and then when i moved to vancouver and i did the shows with foley Mm -hmm. and i met a bunch of the local wrestlers i was like oh i gotta go check out the local wrestling scene Mm -hmm. and vancouver has an awesome fucking wrestling scene like really badass and abbotsford right and uh yeah yeah yeah. like but but same companies but yeah like they're based the main the the home would be vancouver Mm -hmm. um but uh 
yeah, like we've got such a great scene. And so like seeing great wrestling live in person again, mm-hmm. I started watching WWE again. Yeah. And then um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson was uh, a wrestler that I had met years ago. Yeah. And when I started watching again, he was like the biggest thing in wrestling. And oh, I was okay. like, I drove this guy around Nanaimo looking for mm-hmm. uh, hockey stick tape for his wrists Whoa. when I was like 18 because I was friends with some wrestlers back yeah. then and I was hanging out at the show and he needed to get tape. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll take you around. And all I knew about him then is that he was this bowl-cutted dude with a Charlie Brown knit sweater like not like a picture of Charlie Brown, like the yellow sweater with the black zigzag. Oh yeah, yeah. Knit and a, a dog shit awful bowl cut, and he'd been trained by Shawn Michaels. Those were the Whoa, three crazy. things I knew. And then, uh, but yeah, such a nice guy, and to see him, uh, you know, kill it and mm-hmm. be on top of the world as a smaller guy, it's that's fucking awesome. Billy Corgan's a huge wrestling fan too, big time. and a big Chicago sports. Fan. He owns the uh, the NWA and all their trademarks. I didn't know that. Yeah, he fucking if you NWO? go NWA. Oh. National Wrestling Alliance, which is oh. back in the day, like the real world champ, yeah. was the NWA champ because oh. the NWA was like an alliance of all these, the big territories in the world. Okay. And so the if you were the champ of the NWA, you mm-hmm. would be sent everywhere to make the local wrestlers look good. Like the local top guy would always go to like a 60 minute draw. So there's no winner, no loser. And you yeah. go, oh, our local guy, he almost beat the world champ. We got to keep supporting him. Yeah. And then that's how you get people to keep coming back. Uh-huh. Uh, but Billy Corgan bought and owns the NWA. So I don't know if that includes like some tape library or two, but he owns all their trademarks and shit. That's crazy. Yeah. I love when people you don't suspect to be into something like that are. A lot of friends of mine that are like, you know, like hip clothing designers are secretly super into wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I like that like Al Jorgensen of ministry is like obsessed with the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks and yeah. he bought, he has like lifetime season tickets to write behind the opposing team's penalty box yeah. so he can talk shit to them. So awesome. I remember here uh, reading an interview with him fucking 20 years ago, probably now at this point. Mm-hmm. And he said that every year he started getting better and better season tickets because ministry was making more money at the time <laughs> yeah. and so then yeah he, he was all about well a friend of mine went to see a ministry concert and he was on acid yeah and he didn't realize that there was i guess this thing that everyone had agreed to that when al jorgensen lifted this like staff uh-huh. everyone would drop to their knees okay and so my buddy was on was fucked up on acid and he lifted the staff and everyone else <laughs> in the room dropped to their knees except my buddy and he was like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Everyone in the room just fell. Whoa. But yeah. Don't do acid and go into a crowd of anything. I No. Think. Don't do acid. <laughs> I remember being in the 10th grade and people would say uh, that if you did acid twice, then you oh, were considered yeah. legally retarded. <laughs> I remember and that. I'm like, I don't think legally retarded <laughs> is a thing, by the way. <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay. I have one more song I want to show you. Um Speaking of novelty songs, Crispin Glover released an album. He's a normal guy. Yeah. The song's called Clowny Clown Clown, and I bought the CD, and uh, if you solve the puzzle in the liner notes, you get his home phone number. Did you solve the puzzle? Nope. I. It was weird riddles and shit. I don't know. But I like this era of him, because this is when he went on Letterman as the character in this video and almost uh, kicked Letterman, kicked in, Letterman the face. in the face. Yeah. yeah, and everyone said he was on acid, so... Makes sense. I don't think he's on acid. I think that's his normal personality. Have you ever heard this? I have <laughs> not. I look forward to never hearing it again <laughs> after today. I was 
Remember his remake of Willard? You ever see that? Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't even know that that was a remake of another yeah. rat movie. <laughs> rat based. Hey, what's picture? your favorite rat movie? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing this to you. This don't break my wife. <laughs> Yeah, that was dark. It is, and I've heard comics talk about that over the years. I think Graham Clark, Graham yeah. Clark has a great bit about it, but I also heard somebody on the radio, uh, maybe Opie and Anthony, and they were talking about, like, why would you have the guy that tried to rape your mom waxing your car 30 years later? Like, Yeah, that's a weird... Don't, just don't have him in your life at all. Yeah. And then, like, Biff's trying to pull one over on them. Oh, I did two coats of wax. It's like, listen up. You tried to fuck my wife yeah. against her will. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she wanted to fuck our son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie is dark. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. It's been uh, almost an hour. That's it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Flew through it with just me continually going, I remember. <laughs> I'm sorry to anybody out there who no, hates me. No, that was me, good. That was but good. You, you needed your weekly Kevy fix and this you had to stick with it. This has been the most wrestling based one I've had. I feel like that's a good thing. People, people secretly like talking about it. And you very upfront like talking yeah. about it. First time I met you, you were wearing a Coco Beware t-shirt. Yeah, baby. I have uh, ProWrestlingTees.com is one of my favorite websites on the internet because mm-hmm. they have so many amazing uh, shirts from like guys you've never heard of mm-hmm. now, like independent wrestlers just coming up to the biggest stars, mm-hmm. to like the biggest stars of the past. Papa and Shango? Is there a Papa Shango They shirt? have Papa Shango shirts, Sick. dude. And I uh, I didn't... I When I finally got a proper... like. Um, accountant for comedy mm-hmm. he was like okay so you can write off clothes and blah 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 and i was like i can write off clothes he's <laughs> like that's your stage wear so then i spent like 700 dollars that year on uh pro wrestling t-shirts awesome. and so i've got like i think 45 wrestling shirts right now i love and that. now i've switched and so i'm starting anytime i'm getting paid i wear fucking uh a tie and suspenders and nice clothes so like irs <laughs> very much like IRS. Speaking of which, when you you made the deal with me that if your album went number one on iTunes, you get a championship belt, and I don't think you ever got one. That was the NWA title. That's what <laughs> Billy Corgan owns that shit. I did. I said if my album debuted at number one, I wanted to buy the NWA world title. And there's been a few times where I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I just can't click purchase because it's like I found a great ver- uh, great um, replica title on uh-huh. on this website and it was used but it looked perfect and even that was like 290 US and I was like I just can't justify it just to be like yeah I've got that title oh what did you win it for <laughs> nothing iTunes debut yeah. in Canada <laughs> yeah but I do I have a championship ring that my friends gave me when I won the Bite TV, stand up and bite me, people's choice online vote winner, whatever the fuck. So I get, they gave me five grand and a big novelty check, and my friends gave me a ring because they, the part of the thing was the big prize was 10 grand. And they're yeah. like, if you win the 10 grand, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to get a championship ring made with diamonds. <laughs> and then everyone, everywhere I went for like weeks after, people would be like, hey, where's your ring? And I didn't. Uh, and then my friends gifted me this purple stoned Jostin's ring that says bite tv people's choice that's great that's pretty kyle sweet. bottom shouldn't have oh kyle bottom didn't <laughs> kyle bottom <laughs> kyle bottom is only looking out for kyle bottom <laughs> all right man that's a good place to end it 
Thanks, Thanks man. for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks to all of your listeners. Follow yeah. me. Oh, if you follow me uh, at Banner Comedy, if you pick me up uh, on Kevy's podcast, it's your first place you heard me. And follow me. Shoot me a tweet and just say, uh, oh, what's what's a code word that we'll know? Um, Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Just tweet me and just say Papa Shango. Yeah, try to spell it. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> Thanks, thank buddy. you. Yeah. That's it, sweethearts. Thanks for listening again. Uh, what what we got going on? Oh, my band Fake Shark. We're just about to release uh, these Heart to Heart remixes. That was a single we did, and that's coming out I think on Friday. Um, and then we have a new single coming out. Um, I think two weeks, and uh, we're real excited about it. Working hard in the studio for you people to listen to. Yeah, so that's what's going on. Thanks for listening again, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.